0: Hey listeners, we are back with another episode of Can't Stop Snapping. Before we dive into today's topic, just wanted to go over a couple of things. One is that the developers have told us that there should be a blog post sometime within the next week, most likely. They, they always kind of stray away from giving exact dates. But we do expect sometime in the next week a blog post about Nexus events, uh, which should be... Uh, coming out uh, for the first time in the next several weeks, and so they will have a blog post that kind of explains how Nexus events work, what are the probabilities of of drawing certain rewards, cards, etc. So we do reference that kind of throughout this recording in this episode. We talk about monetization, and obviously Nexus events are kind of a missing piece to the monetization and progress in this game. Um, We were hoping and thinking maybe, you know, after we recorded last week, that by the time this episode released, that we would know more about Nexus events. We still don't, but we will be covering it in an episode as soon as we know more. So stay tuned and look forward to that. And without further ado, let's jump into today's episode. Hey, everybody, we are back with another episode of Can't Stop Snapping. We are going to be covering a new topic today. We've been talking a lot about cards, a lot about locations. And today we're going to take kind of a break from that and talking about strategy of the game as far as play and to talk more about the meta surrounding monetization, progression, and systems that live within the game. I am joined once again by a great co-host. I am joined by Gauss. Uh, He is creating content surrounding the game on YouTube currently, and he is here today to talk about kind of these uh, heavier topics, if you will, of monetization and uh, kind of a hot topic in the game right now and in the community. Gauss, thanks for joining.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. Uh, It's a great podcast, and I'm glad
0: to be on it. Yeah, no problem. Uh, Very glad to have you on here. Well, before we dive in, as always, we like to kind of give our guest host a chance to just, you know, give us your all impressions of the game for just a minute. Just tell us, how did you learn about the game? How have you been enjoying it? And, you know, why are you excited about Marvel Snap?
1: It's uh, a good question. To be honest, I'm not actually 100% sure now that I think of it, how I actually found out about it. I had heard about it because I, um, I've been playing Hearthstone since it came out. So I kind of knew through the grapevine that Ben Broad had gone and made his company and, and everything. Uh, and somehow I became aware of the beta the closed beta sign up and i signed up for it and i got accepted so uh, that was pretty exciting and i was honestly my expectations were pretty minimal you know because who knows but i was blown away the game looks great it plays great and it's a lot of fun and um it's very different from what a lot of other card games are and it, it has a real board game vibe to me because i also play a lot of board games and uh i think it's something special and, and unique and um it's a lot of fun. I, I can't, I keep it, I got it on my phone and I sneak in a game here or there throughout the day uh, whenever I get a chance.
0: Yeah, no, that's very interesting what you said. Uh, you're the first person I've heard say that, that it's kind of like board game, but like that totally clicks with me. I love playing board games and it definitely just has that vibe of like strategy that you kind of feel from a board game. And obviously that's a card game, but it, it definitely just has a different feel than other card games I've played. And it sounds like you feel
1: Yeah. A lot Um, of big card games, it's like, you're trying to kill the other person, but here it's like, you're trying to get the three locations and that just feels a lot more board gamey to me than, than, uh, traditional, you know, trading
0: card game. Yeah. You know, the rules to the game, right. But, uh, each game you have different locations you're playing to, uh, you have your deck, you're drawing different cards. And really it's kind of like just with a board game, you know, the rules, but each playthrough of a board game is going to be different and you have to adapt your strategy. Right. And so, um, yeah, definitely has that vibe. Well, uh, jumping in here, I just want to start off today with just kind of giving a brief overview of some of the systems for the any listeners who either, you know, haven't played the game yet or maybe you're just, you're just learning about Marvel Snap and you don't really know a lot about the system. So uh, we're just going to start off with that brief in, uh, overview and then we will dive into some of these topics uh, more granularly. Well, up first, um, you know, Marvel Snap is a collectible card game. You collect more cards and you can build decks with those cards. Uh, And the main way that you unlock cards is through upgrading what's called your collection level. Uh, Basically, there's a tracker in the game of your collection level. And as you grow levels in that tracker, you will unlock new cards. You will unlock uh, new variants of cards. Potentially, you will unlock um, credits. You will unlock boosters. And I'll get into all that in a second. But basically, you unlock all of these things uh, over the course of upgrading this collection track. And so each time you get a new card, you can then obviously put that in your decks, play with it, et cetera. Well, to upgrade your collection level, you need to upgrade cards. Uh, cards start at kind of a common level where they just have a basic border and they're, they're flat, they're not 3d, uh, et cetera. And so as you kind of upgrade the tiers of your card, the visual effects change, it kind of breaks the frame. Then it becomes 3d. You can tilt your phone and see it from different angles then you can uh you know get a visual effect in the background you can get an animated border all these things happen and every time you do that um you will grow levels on the collection tracker um, now how you upgrade your cards is through credits and boosters okay so these are two of the main currencies in the game you have credits which can be used to upgrade any card and then you have boosters which are locked on a card by card basis so you may have Wolverine boosters, you may have Magneto boosters and you may have Iron Man boosters. You need to have specific boosters for the card to upgrade that card and you get boosters for that card by playing with that that specific card in a deck. Uh, after each game, if you went full six turns, you are awarded six boosters randomly, so that's a key fact we may get into a little bit later, to one of the cards that's in your deck. And then you can use boosters and uh, a certain amount of boosters and a certain amount of credits to upgrade your card each each tier of upgrade costs more. And then eventually, once you max out your card, you can do what's called a split, and you can split. You keep your old card that's fully upgraded, and you get a new card with a new effect that's at the base level, and you can upgrade again. So basically, you play with your cards, and you can upgrade the visual effects, and as you do that over and over again, you're going you're gonna to go along the collection level tracker, and you're going to unlock more and more cards. Okay? So we've talked about a couple of those things. Another one of the main currencies that we want to mention really quick at this high overview level is gold uh, gold is kind of the currency that most mobile games have where you can actually spend real money uh, and you can buy gold, but you can also get some gold in the game for free. Uh, but gold can be used to purchase variants or, or kind of alt arts of cards It can be used to buy extra credits uh, and eventually will be able to be used on in game events. Um, and so gold is kind of a way that you could use uh, outside money on the game to speed up the, uh, your progression in the game. But we'll, we'll talk about what that progression looks like and the speed looks like here in a minute. Um, but that's essentially kind of the the key mechanics. So just to go over it one more time, essentially you are playing with cards, which earns you uh, boosters for those cards. And then through kind of your daily activities in the game, you get credits. You use those credits and boosters to upgrade your cards. As you upgrade your cards, you move along to the collection level tracker. And as you move along that, you will unlock more cards. So that's kind of the progression of this game. So like all free-to-play mobile games, you know, the the technical statement is true that you can unlock all cards for free eventually, right? Uh, But how feasible that is to do in a short time, etc., we will dive into here next. So we're going to talk about a lot of topics today with Gauss. Um, You know, one of the first ones I wanted to kind of dive into, Gauss, is... um, There are season passes in this game, like uh, a lot of mobile games and a lot of video games, right? So essentially on a month-by-month basis, there's kind of additional events and games. You can unlock uh, variants of cards, new cards. You can unlock cosmetics, all these things. Uh, But you can only purchase this with real money. Uh, You know, there was some anticipation or hope that you could pay for this with gold. So that maybe, yes, you could spend real money to do that as well by buying gold. But you could use gold that you kind of unlock free through the game. You know, what are your thoughts on that, and and that as a decision for the game, and um, kind of the impact that has on free to play for the game?
1: Yeah, it's interesting because the very first one you could buy with gold, and yeah. I think that set the expectation for a lot of people. I wonder if it was always sort of premium currency only or you know cash currency only. Uh, if people would have you know been it, pushed back as strongly on that. The thing I don't like about it is that the card is temporarily exclusive. It does eventually get added back into the mystery card pool, I guess, for people like the following month. Uh, but for that one month period, whatever the card is for that month, so it was Wave last month and now it's Thor. If you're free to play, you just can't get it for that whole month. And so if that ends up being a super competitive card or something, uh, you yes, you can eventually get it. Uh, but you're not going to, you're going to have to wait. And so that might, if there is ever a competitive scene in the game, I think that's going to be an issue that would have to be addressed. Uh, But they are going to be doing those Nexus events and maybe, you know, I I don't know how they want to handle that, but in terms of it, just the battle pass being cash only. Otherwise, I think it's fine because I view battle passes as sort of a optional subscription. You know, if you have a hard subscription, that has a uh, sort of a hard uh, gatekeeping effect where you can't play the game at all unless you're subscribed, like you know World of Warcraft or something. Uh, that really limits your player base. So I, I think that you know having it be cash only is okay. I think it's a, a relatively straightforward and uh, reasonable way for the company to try and try and make money. And it's usually better, in my opinion, when they try to make a little bit of money from a lot of players. So everyone chips in their ten bucks but uh, really just that card exclusivity is, is the only thing uh, because you get a lot of value out of it too. You get a lot more than $10 worth of value if you were to spend $10 somewhere else in the game. So, And there is a free version of the pass as well, so you do get a version of the Battle Pass even if you don't buy the premium one.
0: But uh,
1: just strictly in terms of it being cash only, I think it's okay.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'd have to agree. I I mean, I know there's people that feel strongly either way, right? But uh, I agree with you. I think ideally they want to set it up in a way where everybody's kind of chipping in a little bit to kind of, uh, you know, fund the game. I mean, with any free-to-play game, no matter how the structure is set up, you know, people get upset about certain decisions that have been made. I mean, there are some exceptions where people say monetization is really great. Uh, You know, Legends of Runeterra comes to mind. But from, you know, things I've read kind of uh, understood from that game and and the company behind it is that, you know, yes, they have a really great free to play system, but uh, maybe that's not really sustaining the game monetarily. And so they've had to cut back. Uh, And so I I think this helps to avoid that and helps to keep this game well supported by the business. Um, you, You make a great point, you know. Uh, wave being kind of the unlockable card in the season past last season. I mean, wave has seen a ton of play, right? Oh yeah. Uh, wave is a
1: great card. I didn't know what to do with her the first couple of days, but a lot of people have had great decks with her in it. And I've got a couple of decks now that I have her in. And uh, I mean, I think you can certainly play the game and be competitive without her, but mm-hmm. you know, it, you know, it's, but it's definitely a good card. And if you are strictly free to play, or maybe, you know, you just didn't get that battle pass, uh, Cause you weren't playing that month. Cause we're still in the beta, you know, that's going to feel bad, right? You know, you want to make the a deck and you just, you can't.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, how this goes, uh, you know, kind of continuing on this thought a little bit. Um, basically they've said, okay, after a, m- a month after th- that season ends, that card will join the pool of cards to unlock, but we don't fully understand how that'll work. Now, we can kind of jump back to talking about the collection tracker, you know, as you move up the collection tracker and you unlock cards, those cards are randomly organized by pools. There's a pool one, a pool two and a pool three. Um, And in each of those pools, all, you know, let's say, you know, for simplicity of numbers, let's say between levels one and a hundred, everybody's going to unlock the same 20 cards. I am kind of making these numbers up for the point of discussion, but everybody's going to unlock the same 20 cards from level one to a hundred but you will unlock those in a random order. So everybody kind of unlocks them in a different order. One of the, the things here is that uh, there's currently over 4,000 levels on the collection level tracker and uh, over you know, 3,000 of those are just for pool three. And um, if these cards from the battle passes join those, uh, those pool three cards, well then that's going to be, I think feel even worse for people who didn't pay for it during the battle pass. Yeah, because then you're kind of left up to luck in some ways of when you'll unlock that card, right?
1: Well, and it's you know they'll say well it'll be available for for players, but what does that really mean? Because yeah, I mean I I one of the decks that I wanted to make, um, and I have plenty of decks that are good, so it's not like I you know I'm not complaining about not being able to play good decks, but um, I've been interested in dis- uh, discard decks or discarding cards. But there's several really good cards in Pool 3 for that, and I haven't gotten any of them. Uh, and I'm at the point already where it takes me 2,400 credits to get to the next mystery card. You know, if, uh, you know I did, if I missed out on Wave and they add it to Pool 3, this huge, giant ocean that is Pool 3, and it's you know <laughs> out at collection level you know, 3,500 due to the randomization of the ordering, like you were saying before, Uh, yeah technically it's
0: available to me but how long is it going to take for me to get it you know yeah so so it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out we don't have the full information on that little piece of it but uh but we'll see how that plays out and how how they kind of implement how you can really unlock these cards later on well um you know as we were talking before before recording you know you had mentioned kind of your thoughts around kind of where does this game rate on the kind of typical scummy or kind of not so great uh, free-to-play mobile game type uh, processes or features that this game has or doesn't have. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that, kind of share with the listeners. How would you kind of rate where we're at? What are the things, the common things you see that Marvel Snaps picked up from other uh, free-to-play games? And where do you think they maybe do right by not incorporating some of those?
1: Uh, I, well, I would start by asking if you've seen that, that pretty famous video, Let's Go Wailing." Um, yeah, yes. And I think if you, you know, if you watch that, you can see not just in this game, but any game, like it's like an eye-opening experience. You start seeing it in so many places Uh, and things that where you maybe in the past you just thought was a coincidence or incidental. you, You like, oh no, I see what they're doing. You know, I see exactly what they're doing. And some of it's just everyday stuff, right? It's not like, it's some evil villain, you know, stroking their cat. Uh, if you go to a grocery store, they put the milk and the bread at the back of the store because they know that's what most people are coming in for. So you have to walk past all the other stuff to get to it. So, you know, they do that too, right? I mean, are grocery yeah. stores evil? No, I would say they're not. So some of this stuff is, I guess, manipulative in a in a way, but the question is whether it crosses a line and actually becomes problematic, Um so, there's little stuff like that. If you you get your 50 credits every day, so you might think, well, that's really generous, right? You know, I like credits and they're giving me free credits, but uh, the free credits are in the cash shop. You know, if you've been following any of the news from Diablo Immortal, that's uh, people really been ragging on that game and it's a monetization. And that's one of the things people bring up every time you log in, it's saying, hey, go to the cash shop to claim your free reward so that you'll look at all the other stuff that's in the cash shop. And if you're in the game and you're going to get your 50 free credits for the day, you have to scroll past the variant arts and the, the boosters, uh, the, the fast boosters, in order to get to it. So they're trying to build a habit. That's the hook habit hobby from the Let's Go Whaling. Uh, so, and it's worked on me. I mean, I do it every single day since the beta started. I open the game, I get a a dopamine hit because I know I'm going to get 50 credits and I want credits as a player. And so the very first thing I do when I log into the game is open the cash shop so I can go get my 50 credits. And in order to do that, I look at the variant art while I'm scrolling down. And, um, you know, for me personally, like I said, it doesn't necessarily mean it's some super villain thing going on here. Uh, But, you know, and I don't mind looking at the variant art. I probably would have looked at it anyway. Because I like the variant art in this game, and I think it's a, a one of the good ways that they're trying to monetize the game. But it's still just this idea that they're training you to open the cash shop every single day. And so, it, you know, when you put it that way, it sounds a lot more a lot more sinister. But you know, a lot of games do that. It's not that big a deal. People can, ha- you know, have self control. You're still getting your fifty credits. So there's stuff like that that sort of you know every game does. Uh, and I don't think it's really that big of a deal. We could complain about it, but it's not really that bad. The really bad stuff is when you have sort of unlimited spending and you have uh, whale wars, you know, so they try to get whales to battle each other and they give them some way to spend sort of unlimited amounts of money in order to, you know, make themselves more powerful. And I think the two biggest things to combat that is that there's uh, duplicate protection Actually, even the idea of duplicates doesn't even exist in Marvel Snap, right? You are never yep. think, oh, I'm going to get a second copy of Jubilee or whatever. Whether it's the regular collection level track or these Nexus events, we're being told what little of it we know about it so far. I know they're going to put out more information about the Nexus events soon. Or uh, the Battle Pass card, it's like, you know, if you, I'm going to get a new card... It's going to be new. It's going to be something I don't already have, so that already tamps that down quite a bit. It may be that collection level three is this enormous, you know, thing that's completely difficult to complete. But I can go into the collection level track, and I can see, you know, like I was saying earlier, I'm at the point now where I need 2,400 credits uh, at 50 credits a pop to get to get to the next mystery card. Well, I know that. Right. So I know what I would have to spend in credits, how much that would cost me in gold, uh, how much the gold would cost me in dollars. And that's another thing. Right. The intermediate currencies. Um, So I I know that if I did like if I decided, okay, I'm going to get my credit card out, I'm going to buy some gold bars. I'm going to turn that gold bars into credits so I can get to the next mystery card. I can figure out exactly how much money I have to spend to do that. And I know that I will get a card, and I know that card will be a card I don't already have. So that already is way better than a lot of other games where you could spend ten thousand dollars and not get the thing you want, or get a bunch of duplicates of stuff you already have, where the game doesn't really give you anything to do with it.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a lot of a lot of great points. I, I wanted to chime in with a couple of thoughts. One, you talk about the variant art, you know, having to scroll, you know, scroll past that. I make the joke to myself. I don't actually know if I've made this to anybody else, but I feel like I've I've yet to hit any good arts, so I call myself lucky because then I'm not tempted to buy them. Um, that's,
1: that's so true. You know, I yeah.
0: I for most of the cards, I prefer the like regular art. <laughs> yeah. Um, um. I mean, I've seen other people have ones that I'm like, oh man, if that one came in, oh no, I might I might get it. But I have. Uh, but I, I have a few. I do have a few. Yeah. I have to yeah. Admit, I have a
1: few, and there's a few more that I. I want, Um, but they're kind of pricey for me personally. And I don't know, you know, they may adjust things and stuff. I think that I would buy more if they were cheaper, which sounds like no, duh, right? Like, of course you would buy more if they're cheaper, but you know, I don't know how that, you know, equilibrium works, uh, (laughs) you know, for the population in general, but um, they're pretty pricey. So, you know, I, I did get a few, but I'm, I'm kind of hesitant to buy more even the ones that I really want because they're kind of expensive.
0: Yeah. For listeners, um, it's 750 gold to unlock a variant, which obviously you can get gold through play. Um, but to buy gold in the shop, uh, uh, and maybe you'll have another thought here. You can buy 700 gold for 999. You can't buy 750, uh, or you can buy 1450 gold for 1999. So really it's just over $10, uh, to buy one of these. um, which when you think about it like that, right? Like when I when I look at it with me just unlocking gold for free in the game, I'm like, oh, you know, eventually maybe I'll save up and, and buy one or I'm saving all, I'm saving my gold for Nexus events or whatever. But uh, when I look at it like that, $10 per, that, that feels a little hefty. And then obviously the point that you can't buy the exact amount of gold you would need to get one. So then you really have to spend the $20 uh, range to buy the card that's about $10, right?
1: Oh, yeah, exactly. And interestingly enough, you um, I don't know if it works out for all the different, because there's like six different gold packages you can get. Um, but if you're buying the most expensive gold package, which is, I believe, 8,000 gold for $100 if in U.S. currency, uh, that w- will divide evenly into the most expensive credits. So uh, $100 works out to exactly 200 collection levels, assuming you're having to spend 50 per because you're not always going to have common cards to upgrade, uh, right. so that does work out evenly. But none of them divide evenly by 750. So there is no unless you bought like multiple packages. There's no way you know you're always going to have a little bit left over. Uh, and you know that's just another one of those things that these games do. It's credit card or not credit cards, gift cards do that. You yep. know um, if you get a fifty dollar gift card, what are the chances? your purchase is going to be exactly $50 with tax and everything. It's not going to be. So you're either going to have to spend a little bit more or there's going to be a little bit left on the car that just goes unused
0: either way. You know, they're, they're, they're getting a little bit extra, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You can, kind of, I, I mean, I always fall into that trap. Somebody gives me an Amazon card. I'm like, well, it's only $25. And the thing I want is, you know, $40. And then, well, I might as well throw this other thing in my cart. Right. You know? Um, and, and it kind of just adds up from there. um. Now I want to touch on something you said. This is one of the things I wanted to make sure we cover. Um, you know, you broke down the math exactly like I was going to. So you can do 8,000 gold for $100. That gold translates into 10,000 credits, which translates into 200 levels on the collection level. We've already said, you know, there's there's, you know, 4,000 levels, so like do you feel like that's a good amount? Would you like to see a different ratio? Like if you got to pick the ratio like how much per 100 levels do you think is, is a fair amount to ask people to pay if they're, if they're wanting to go that approach of, hey, I want to pay to unlock as fast as I can?
1: Well, the real problem with that is I, um, I had a video. Uh, it was called, you know, on the thumbnail, it had a, a mystery card, and it said $25, you know, like this card cost $25. Uh, but w- in actuality, it, it, when, once you get up to like 96 collection levels per, it's more like $50 a card yeah uh, and that's the issue because you have because you have an intermediate currency where you have gold right and you're getting some gold uh, because this happened to me where i bought some gold because i wanted to support the game and i wanted to get some variant art and stuff so i had some gold and then i also got some gold for my battle pass and i got some gold from my weekly and i got some gold from the collection level mystery pack thing and then it's like now I don't know. It's mixed together. Like I hate to say good yep. money, bad money. That's not right. Right. But it's sort of like because I had a little bit of free mixed in with the stuff I bought, it kind of it, this weird thing happens where uh, I lose sort of you, you sort of it's a psychological thing where you sort of lose track of what you paid for because it's all being it's like some kind of weird money laundering kind of thing going on, you know, and um And it's the same thing going on with the collection levels because the higher up you go, the more collection levels you need to get to the next card. And because the mystery pack can either have 50 gold or 200 credits or an art or whatever, um, there's no way to know, like, how much does it cost? How many credits does it take to get a card? Well, the answer is it depends. If you just started the game, it doesn't take very many credits at all. If you're at collection level 3,000, it's going to take a huge amount of credits. Uh, and then that's going to vary up and down a little bit, depending on the little intermediate rewards you get in between. So there's no fixed cost for a card. And, and I think that's also intentional, but it also makes it very difficult uh, to say, you know, well, wh- what did I pay or what does it cost? You don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It does make it a little tricky. So uh, uh, I think it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, I, it's something we really should state for the listeners is obviously the game is, is in beta. It feels like it's been released because so many people are playing it and the community is growing so fast and the content creation around the game is growing so fast. But the reality is they still are making changes um, and they've, they've made changes to the game already uh, in the last couple of weeks. And they've already stated, you know, additional changes are coming on different things. Right. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, uh, if they do make any adjustments to kind of th- these ratios um and just the the distance on the collection tracker etc so um well
1: well, to answer your question because because you did ask me you know what what i thought was fair because you know breaking down like get 200 collection levels um i mean once you hit the point where it's 96 per uh you know that translates to about two cards and maybe a you know a fraction of another card uh that's not good value in my opinion so if you're just starting out and you wanted to spend a hundred bucks, which is a lot, you know, a brand new game you could get for you know sixty bucks or something, um, I think that would be a decent way to jumpstart your collection to get like into pool two, and get some of those tried and true pool one and two decks to get you going. But I think once you get into pool three, I I don't think it's worth. I don't think the money to credits to card ratios.
0: Are like good value anymore. Yeah. You know, I, I've, I've spent money on the, on the passes, the monthly passes, haven't bought any gold yet, but I think, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, my plan was, well, once I get into pool three, that's what I told myself. Was like, I'm just going to work my way through the pool, pool two, because those are faster. And then I'll maybe buy some gold to jumpstart pool three. But then it kind of is, this feels bad of, oh, well now that's going to get me less than it would have then, even though, you know, it, it's kind of the psychological thing of like, yeah, I, I mean, I could have jumpstarted earlier, but like, it's not like the time would shift that much for getting the whole collection, whether I did it earlier or later,
1: right? Well, yeah, ultimately, you're going to get, like, if you buy 100 collection levels, your collection level is going to be the same whether you did that on day one or day 10 or day 30, uh, but it will feel better if you do it when you first
0: start than when you do it later. Yeah, so so it'll be interesting to see uh, as the game kind of goes towards a global release, if if people feel good about spending the money early on and if they see a lot of people tailing off the longer they play right with with spending money on the game in that way at least you know uh with buying straight gold um well i wanted to kind of switch gears here to cover something that we we've kind of highlighted on we don't know a ton of information so there may be a little speculation but we do know a little bit um nexus events nexus events are something they've kind of told us about since they announced the game, but we've learned more, actually, over the last couple of days. So Nexus events are going to be uh, regular events that kind of happen throughout each month where you can target specific cards. Now, we don't fully know what that means, uh, but we do know, for example, we're, having, we're going to have two Nexus events later this month. Uh, one, you'll be able to target Destroyer, which is an existing card, and Lady Thor, and the other one, you will be able to target Valkyrie, uh, which is a new card, and Hela, which is an existing card. Uh, both those existing cards being in Pool 3. So some people have unlocked them, some people have not. Um, now, at least my interpretation of what Second Dinner has said, you, you correct me if I'm wrong, um, is basically it sounds like there's going to be some kind of a... Uh, you can pay gold for kind of pulls out of these Nexus events, right? You can try to pull one of the unlockables, which could be cards... Uh, variants, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, character art for your user icon, uh, card backs. So there's going to be all these different things, um, which, you know, a lot of people could say, okay, that's a red, red flag, right? Uh, gotcha system. But what we understand is that uh, there'll be a certain amount of things you can unlock. You won't be able to pull duplicates. And um, it's like, eventually you could unlock everything with a certain amount of pulls, right um uh, and then obviously yeah exactly i was worried
1: about that because when i heard it was going to be you know sort of loot box like i'm like oh no right this this is it this is the turn to darkness you know uh but then when i i saw some i was just this morning i was looking at uh comments that ben brode had left in the discord and i think uh, the big things it was saying that you would uh like it's sort of like the collection track like it's randomized order But you will like you can exhaust it like if you you'll get everything and that's it like there's a way to be done with it like you, you know, like you open them all and that's it, you know, you you have all the rewards. So it's not this endless hoping, you know, with a tiny chance that you're going to get what you want. Like there's the two cards in there, the new one and the old one. Once you get them, that's it, you know, and then I guess if you want the other rewards, you could keep going, but you don't have to. Um, so that seems okay to me. It kind of feels like a, a mini collection level, but it's all jumbled up, you know, <laughs> but you can do these gold poles to make it go faster. Um, but it's, it's hard to know. Cause I, I just checked right before we started recording, cause they said they were going to put out a blog on the website that give us more details. I was hoping it would be up before we we started recording and it's not yet, unfortunately. So maybe by the time people are listening to this, they'll say, Oh, we know all this already. They already don't, you know, that has happened a couple of
0: times. Yep. Uh, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. I'm looking forward to that blog post and we'll obviously cover it here on the podcast when we have that. But, um, I, I guess I'm just curious, you know, a lot of people are speculating, Oh, I'm guessing it'll be X amount of gold per poll or to do the Nexus event, et cetera. You know, uh, do you have any guesses or, or, or maybe not even a guess. Like, what would you, what do you, what's your feeling of like what you'd be willing to pay for like gold per pull out of the system, saying there's maybe 10 things you could unlock or something?
1: Well, there's only 10 things you could get. Well, the two big ones in there are cards, right? Yeah. And if we're assuming that, you know, the one's kind of not exclusive, but it's new, the other one is a, a pool three card. Pull three cards at least initially are, are worth like would cost you at least somewhere like 15, you know, 25, $50 in terms of credits. Uh, I could see them going pretty high, but usually on, on events for games like this, they, they try to make it look good because they're trying to entice you to spend. Uh, My guess would be that to, to pull everything would probably be like the 20 to $30 range. Um, I think people are speculating. I saw that it might be as much as $50 worth of gold. I, I don't, I mean, I would hope not because that's pretty, if they're doing two of these a month, that would be pretty excessive. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. hoping it's like 20 or less, and even that's a lot. Like, if you're already, if if all you did was going for the battle pass and then two 20 Nexus events, I don't even know that I would do that. This is a lot, right? I
0: mean, you're talking yeah. about now you're talking like $50 a month. That's it's crazy. So, Uh, So, yeah, we were kind of saying that, you know, in our perfect world around $10, I agree with that. I mean, if you could get two cards for $10, right, that would feel like a steal. And I think that would drive a lot of people to do this. And I think in my mind, right, I, you know, I I haven't seen the economics of other free-to-play games, right? I'm not behind the scenes. But if you can get almost all or even just a majority of players to pay that $10 twice a month for something like this, right, that's going to be a really big revenue stream. But if you push it where it's like $20, 30 that's going to push a lot of people out. So yes, it's maybe more revenue per person that does it. But I just wonder if the economies of scale, right? Like less money, but more people, I think it will add up over time.
1: I I, I agree. I think if you went for 20, you would get less than half the people buying it. So I I think that would be uh, a bad, but you know, maybe it's still early days, still beta. So maybe they'd be willing to, you know, adjust it, um, Yeah, if they start high and people aren't buying it, maybe they would lower it in the future.
0: Yeah. Well, we can only hope. I mean, like you said, we'll know more. Uh, they they are going to be very transparent with this is what they've said. They're going to give us kind of all the poll rates and what's in it and the costs and all that stuff soon. Um, and I'm sure there'll be people that love it. I'll show, I'm sure there'll be people that hate it. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see. And obviously they may adjust it over time. So, um, that's one of the interesting things, all of these things we're talking about. Uh, Some of them probably are set in stone, but there could be other pieces of this that aren't set in stone as this is not a fully released game. And they really are, you know, they're seeking feedback on the gameplay and on the the balancing there with buffs and nerfs and such. But they're also seeking feedback on the monetization. And they're trying to twist those dials and knobs to see what is going to maximize the profits of the game, right?
1: And I do feel like they are listening to feedback because I left some feedback um you know when they sent out those those beta feedback emails and um I, i you know maybe i'm just reading into it but you know i i reported quite a few people for inappropriate names and then they came around and said well we've improved our you know our name filter and it's sort of like well you know i don't know i don't think it was just me but it does seem like uh just across the board they are listening to feedback and trying to trying to make things better so yeah that's that's positive
0: no, that is, you know, I, I come from a software background. I worked in, I work in software companies currently, and ideally that's what you want to see, right? They, they have a backlog of work items and they're prioritizing that based off of feedback and, and they're taking those things into consideration, right? They probably could have waited to do something with the, uh, the names and, you know, kind of offensive naming, et cetera. But obviously, you know, enough people maybe said that, that they say, you know, we need to prioritize this and it's small, we can do it. And that will bring a lot of values value to customers sooner right so the hope would be that obviously with the monetization things the things we've been talking about is that they'll take that feedback as well and um you know uh they're obviously gonna they're gonna listen to the feedback but they're gonna look at the data and, and you hope they're they look at both and that kind of the combination of those things are really points the game in the most healthy direction right um well, let me see here. We have we had a list of several things we wanted to talk about. Um, I guess the one other thing I wanted to ask you about, kind of your thoughts, uh, on the collection level, uh, originally you could unlock variants a lot more frequently uh, on the collection level, but they changed those out for mystery boxes. Uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on the mystery boxes, on that change, uh, what you think about it.
1: I'm not against it on paper, but the value of the non-variant stuff in there is so much lower than the value of a variant art mm-hmm. that it feels really bad. Like 50 gold, I got that. I think my last three were 50 gold, and that feels awful. So if it was like 500 gold, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, a variant art 750. Now, obviously, you get to choose, and these are random, so maybe they're not worth as much as 750 but it got to be worth more than 50 so when you get 50 gold or 100 credits you kind of feel like you got the donkey from you know let's make a deal you know or something like you got yeah, the, yeah. Uh, you didn't you didn't you didn't get the good one uh so i feel like i'm okay with it being a mystery pack as long as all the items felt like they were of equivalent value but they don't
0: yeah yeah i would agree with that um you know We've heard he stated that they are taking feedback and this was obviously a change they made, uh, you know, kind of halfway through the six weeks or what we've had of the game. Right. So I definitely think they could still make adjustments to this. Uh, A lot of people have given feedback. One feedback suggestion I've seen is, you know um, you know, obviously people maybe want more credits and gold, but it would be nice if there was some kind of timeout of, you know, for every time you don't unlock a variant, your rate of potentially getting a variant or other, you know, high value drops increases. So, um, you know, because right now it's a 10% each time and that doesn't increase or decrease whether you've got one or not. And so if you're like me, you've yet to unlock a variant that way. Um, I, now I, I got noticed, one. I did get yeah. one. I
1: got, I got one variant, but that's
0: that's it. Uh, so uh, it but So it sounds like I'm doing better than you though. <laughs> yeah, but I've seen people who've unlocked two in a row, right? So it's like... Um, yeah, it's
1: just total chance, yeah.
0: Yeah, and so uh, I think that's a great suggestion, right? Of kind of a, well, you know if you've gone five without getting one, then your next one, you're like 70% chance to get one or something like that. Right. Um, I, I think that would be good, but, um, we'll see if they take that feedback and make a change there as time goes on. Well, well, with that being said, you know, before we kind of move to our kind of closing segments, Gauss, uh, you know, maybe just give your kind of high level. We've talked about a lot of things today. You know, where's your positivity rating as far as direction with Marvel snap and monetization? Do you feel like they're in the right direction? Do you think they need to kind of change course ideally going forward? Where, do you think they're on a good path? Basically? I think they're, they could definitely be doing
1: much worse by the players. And I think they probably could be doing things that would ultimately make them more money. They're choosing not to do so. I you know I you could sit and complain, and obviously we have, and um, reddit complains and everyone complains, but I think they're doing as much as they think they can uh, without without doing the super sort of evil stuff. and I'm okay with that. I can make peace with it. Obviously, I think the less you know you have all this stuff, you got boosters and gold and intermediate currencies and all this stuff, and it's like it just feels like this giant layer of convoluted unnecessary stuff right why can't i just pay you know for a set like pool one 1999 buy it pool two you know that would be straightforward you don't need any of this collection you don't need any of this stuff right you just do away with all of it straightforward you know what you're paying you know what you're getting but i do feel like they wouldn't make very much money that way so you know i i have some sympathy there so the question is You know, are you know, what where's the balance between you know what the players would want, uh, and what the developers need, uh, to to make revenue? And I feel like it's in it's an okay place now, it's 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 acceptable to me. Um, you know, if they do start doing you know loot box type stuff without pity timers, without duplicate Mm -hmm. protection, they start doing whale war type stuff or any of that, that's that's gonna sour my mood on it, but. What, what, what we got right now, I'm, I, I'm, I can live with it. It's fine with me.
0: Well, awesome. Thank you for sharing your thoughts on that. Uh, listeners, you know, if you have thoughts, feel free to share those uh, at our Twitter uh, and kind of let us know what your thoughts are on the monetization. Um, you know I think this has been a great conversation. I think we've the topics and, and there's going to be more conversation on this in the future, right? We're going to learn more about the um, Nexus events. I'm sure there's going to be even other game modes, et cetera. There's still a lot we don't know about what the full package of Marvel Snap is. So we definitely, we, we will revisit this uh, monetization conversation later on. Um, well, Gauss, changing gears, just as we start to close out here, uh, before we go, I just, I want to give you a minute. Uh, I'm sure the listeners will love to hear it. You know, we like to, we, we do like to talk about the cards, talk about the locations, talk about the game as well. So, you know, what is your current favorite card to play with? And what is your current favorite location to pop up in any given game?
1: Uh, I think I'm going to I'm gonna sneak in a second favorite card when I do my location, but um, I, I was thinking about this all day because you had sent me some notes, and uh, it, it's hard to pick a favorite card because there's so many really cool ones. Uh, but I, one that I really do like is uh, Captain Marvel. I only have one deck I have her in right now. But the fact that she just moves herself over, and because it only triggers when it fa- finds a way to win for you, as soon as it's, there's this anticipation, you know, yeah, so as soon yeah. as you see her moving, you know, you've won. Uh, and, and the other person can see it too. So it's sort of like, oh, got him, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's a, a pretty, pretty fun one to play with. It's very enjoyable. Um, location, very cheeky thing, but um, Green Goblin, right, is he's, he's a three cost, negative three power and on reveal gives him, self to your opponent. If you get the Space Throne, each person can only have one card there. Most people aren't going to play anything there too early because you can only have one thing there, so they're going to wait to put something big there. Oh, you yeah. put Green Goblin in there, <laughs> it moves I, over uh, to their side. People usually concede. I've gotten a lot of free concedes off of that. It's not very reliable. Uh, the card's probably not that good. I only have one deck I put it in. But when you when you are able to do
0: it, it's like one of my favorite things I've done in the game. Oh yeah, I've uh, I've had I've had that happen to me, and uh, maybe maybe it was you. I don't even know, but uh, it could have been. It might have been it, me. It definitely it definitely feels bad uh, for the person that receives that green goblin on that side, because it's. I mean, at that point, you really don't know. Winning two lo- two out of the three locations, and that's the only options you have, really limits your ability to win in, in many games. So
1: yeah, you basically win one location with one card
0: yeah, yeah yeah and a three cost card at that which, yeah I mean, can't, can't beat that well awesome uh th- thanks for sharing that uh great thoughts there well uh i'd be remiss if i didn't give you a minute gauss just to share with the listeners you know where are you making content how are you making content what is the best way people can consume that content and support you as a creator
1: well my channel's still pretty small but if you go to youtube and you search for gausto g-a-u-s-s sorry, not Stowe, Snap, Uh, G-A-U-S-S, Snap. Uh, I should come up there. And also on Twitter, I do tend to post um, stuff on Twitter too. So those are the two places you can find me. Just search for Gauss
0: Snap and I should come up. Awesome. Well, listeners, make sure to go follow Gauss, support his content. Gauss, we'd love to have you on again at some point, but just want to say thank you again for being here and uh, having this great discussion.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I had a great time, and uh, it flew by. And uh, it's a great discussion, and I'd love to come back.
0: Well, awesome. Listeners, thank you again for tuning in. Uh, Please let us know your thoughts on this whole topic of monetization. Uh, Do you agree with what we've said? Do you disagree? Do you have other thoughts that you feel like we didn't cover? Make sure to share those thoughts uh, at our Twitter at can't underscore stop underscore snap. Uh, Also, make sure to follow us there because... uh, you know, I'm hoping to do some giveaway type things and some other kind of events through the Twitter. So make sure you're following us on the Twitter so that you can participate in those things upcoming. But with that being said, thank you for listening and make sure to catch more of the podcast in future episodes. Can't Stop Snapping is a podcast written, produced, recorded, recorded, and hosted by Michael Thurman. Thanks for listening.